Hey everybody, what's up? How we doing? We are back for a special episode of Shoot the Shot. It is episode 10. We've officially been through 10 full episodes of Shoot the Shot, and if you're still around, we really appreciate you. Midday, what do you think? Episode 10, we made it this far. We did, we did, and I'm very excited about it. Um, I don't want to say I'm surprised, but I'm a little bit surprised, because we, we did that first one all the way back in the end of August, and here we are, early October. So we've we've got a, a, an entire month under our belt, somewhere around 9 or 10 hours of podcast experience. And yeah, I'm just excited to uh, keep growing, keep getting better. It's the decasode. The decasode. Is that a real <laughs> word? No, I just made it up. That's impressive. That's good vocab. The decasode of Shoot the Shot. That'll be the title. The decasode. It can be. <laughs> I, I guess who makes the titles? Me. <laughs> you. You get to do that without any approval from me. Yeah. I just say, hey, it's uploaded. And you say, <laughs> cool. <laughs> Let. No, not yet. We're here to inform the people. <laughs> inform the people of um, great fantasy advice, and we're also here to inform them on uh, our terrible <laughs> selections of pickums each week. I was going to say, in our piss-poor game predicting. Yeah, the Thursday night, I think that we should just not pick, maybe. We're over. We're definitely over on the Thursday night game. We gotta just we gotta just swap. Like I'm just gonna take the opposite and we'll just whatever we'll you're go whatever from you're, there. Whatever you're feeling, go with the opposite. Yeah. Honestly. I'm just gonna pick opposite of you. Well, then and then the Monday night games are just I mean, thank God we have the Browns this week, but the Monday night games this year have been just so brutal. They've been tough. Um <laughs> I think the Jets and Bengals both combined for uh six points. Oh, yeah. Those are really the only two I remember watching. It's just so boring. But anyway, we'll get into the, the NFL games later, obviously, when we do our pick 'em. So we're going to go ahead and start this episode. Um, start with our fantasy. Our fantasy. Our fantasy football. Advice, advice <laughs> section. Um, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, no. Fantasy. We don't have a cool name. We don't have a theme song for it yet. But we do want to stress that it's fantasy football. Um, other kind of fantasies we'll, we'll keep to ourselves, but the football part we can talk to you about in public. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to go ahead and start, um, with me today because midday always gets to go first. I do sometimes today. It's about me. I'm a team player. Go for it. But so, uh, we're going to kind of get into my start one, sit one, cut one, except I don't want you cutting any of these players. Um, <laughs> it's going to be um, a special wide receiver edition for the Rams wide receivers. And um, obviously, I don't want you to cut any of Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, or Brandon Cooks. But I'm just going to kind of talk to you about which one might be the more reliable option, you know, when you're looking at setting your lineups. If you're in some smaller leagues and maybe like, you know, you don't need to play. Um, one of the guys, or you're, or you're questioning it, maybe. Um, so we're going to go ahead and get into that. We've got Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Brandon Cooks. Let's start with, I mean, I think everybody kind of knows the big name. Um, Cooper Cup has been kind of tearing it up this year. He's got five receptions in every game this season already. Um, 
And his last three games, he's had over 100 yards. So the first game, he was, uh, I think, 5 for 49 or 5 for 45 against the Panthers, who have actually proven to be uh, a pretty tough pass defense. I believe they're 10th in the league in their pass defense. Um, But Cooper Cup absolutely turned it up. Game against the Browns, he absolutely torched them. Had 33 fantasy points against them. He's wide receiver two right now in fantasy, trailing only Keenan Allen. Wow. Averaging 22.3 fantasy points per game, which is just incredible. I mean, when you've got Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks also to worry about, the fact that he's averaging over 20 to me is outrageous. Uh, I don't think it's going to stay that high just because of you know being able to disperse the ball throughout you know, two other solid receivers. And then obviously Gurley, who last game had 10 targets for seven catches and for 56 yards, which he's getting in on the action now a little bit, maybe trying to, you know, pick it up a little bit in the past game since the run game has been brutal. Mm. And then moving on to Robert Woods, Bob Woods, Bob Woods, uh, <laughs> Tore up Tampa Bay last week. Well, he didn't really tear them up because Tampa Bay scored 55 on the What a game. What a game. I mean, everybody kind of had a big game. Jared Goff threw the ball, for God's sake, 68 times. So if he didn't get a catch in that game, I mean, I'm pretty sure Sean McVay has a couple catches. (laughs) (laughs) But Bob Woods is wide receiver 19 on the year. He's averaging 15.3 fantasy points per game, and he's kind of all over the board. He had a good week one um, and then a good last week where he had over double-digit fantasy points in both of those games. Middle two weeks uh, had below 10, so he's kind of like – I mean, you're not going to – I'm I'm going to be starting him every week if I have Bob Woods because oh, yeah. you can't afford not to when they throw the ball as much as they do and you know spread it out to those three guys. Um, and then Brandon Cooks is the last one. He's wide receiver 26, still at about just just under 14 fantasy points per game. Um, but he's been up over 13 those last three weeks. So he kind of had a rough week one against the Panthers, as I said, who were performing pretty well against receivers this year. Uh, but he's only got one touchdown, which is kind of why I feel like he's trailing the other two, um, the other two guys in the points scored area. Um, Cooks is kind of, he's kind of like their boomer bust guy, I'd say. Would you say? Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. He seems to be the most inconsistent with his production and, and uh, target share and things of that nature. I would agree <laughs> with that for sure. It seems like the safety blanket for Goff is Cooper Cup. And then Robert Woods is like, I don't even know how to describe Robert Woods, but it seems like he's always in the mix, always yeah. getting his five, six catches. I would definitely say like Cup is I mean Cup's the target machine. He's like he's like the Edelman for Brady. Yeah. But he's that for for Goff. Uh and then Woods is kind of like that intermediate player. You know, sometimes he'll be 3 for 80. Uh, deep all threat th- for sure. Yeah, yeah. All three of these guys though up over 90% of the offensive snaps there on the field. Mm. So you lots love to of see it. Yeah, lots of three wide receiver sets. And, you know, we were talking about that in past episodes about how guys that are in the 70% are like decent plays and the 80% are like a pretty good play. I mean, the Rams have three receivers that just don't come off the field. Yeah, they really don't have a fourth guy. No, and like their tight end. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Had a big game against the 
Buccaneers, but like I said, everybody did because Goff threw the ball sixty-eight times. They had to. They were their defense was giving up fifty-five. Yeah, Bruce Arians. Yeah, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna start one, sit one, cut one for these three, just because I I think I'm gonna start them all if I have yeah. them. But I kind of wanted to use it as a segue to just talk about the Rams offense as a whole because it's been kind of weird this year. Would you say? Very weird. Very, uh, I want to say different from last year because of the lack of Todd Gurley. Well, everything just seemed to be clicking like on all cylinders for the entire season last year. I mean, obviously until, you know, maybe the NFC championship game was a little rough. And then also obviously the Super Bowl. you score three yeah. points. It's kind of embarrassing, but definitely, uh, I think that's a little bit of a result of you got a month to prepare and game plan. And when you're going against um, Bill Belichick, he's, he's going to figure some stuff out. Which, I don't really like that. I don't like how, just real quick, just going to like the Super Bowl. No, and like, go know, for it. Because they do this in college football too. Like they decide the playoff and then they give these teams a month before yeah. they have to actually play in these games. And then you get a week, uh, like you get like a, that, that week and, and a half or whatever until like the national championship game. And I just don't like that month, that month off because like the whole season you got a week. True. And then all of a sudden you're giving teams four weeks to prepare. And like, I get it. I guess you want like, you know, the best to come out of each team, but I don't, it just takes away from the season. I guess. Yeah. I, I, I'm not real sure what that, the gap is really for. If it's to make sure that the teams can get as healthy as possible. That could be it. Yeah. If it's something like that, just so they can put uh, their best product out on the field for the world to see. I mean, there's, regularly 100 million people watch the Super Bowl every year. So I don't know if that's what it is. Uh, mm-hmm. didn't, didn't really seem to help last year. No. In terms of, I mean, Todd Gurley was still banged <laughs> up or something. What, I don't know what was going on in the Super Bowl. But he yeah. was nowhere to be found. So that month didn't really help him. Might have even uh, hurt him. He's still lost. He, I, he, like, in his press conference, I don't know if it was today or yesterday, but he he seemed a little annoyed with his lack of involvement, to be honest. So I don't. It, it seems like it's it's maybe a front office decision more so than him saying, "Yeah, I don't feel great." Yeah, I mean, and when you invest the millions they did, the second highest yeah. paid running back in the league now that they did for him, it's like it's a weird situation because obviously you're trying to get the most out of this guy while you're paying him that much money. Yeah, and it's so sad, right? He's he's being treated like he's 35 and i think he's only 25 yeah and i don't i mean he's been he's definitely been a shell of himself this year but it, it's it, there's like not enough opportunity for him to get into a rhythm either no. so i don't i don't no. know if i don't know if i can say he's lost a step or if there's something missing but it's just it's too hard to tell and it's right. only four weeks in mm-hmm. so I think and that, that could be it, part of it too well and it could change i mean i I think that I trust Sean McVay and his coaching ability enough to this point to where like, you know, dude knows what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. He's, um, he's had some success, but let's talk about Gurley for a minute here. Fantasy wise. So he's the 14th best running back. Okay. Which is definitely low, but I think that a lot of, a lot of people would have guessed that he was lower. Like if I said over under 15, I'm definitely like thinking about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. He's I think that's because he's been so not what he was last year to start. 
mean, last year he he was he was easy over twenty every week fantasy points wise. Oh, I think he was averaging thirty through the first yeah. like five six weeks, which is yeah, unbelievable. He was, he was getting five six seven catches, fifty yards through the air, and then and what he did was, he have like eighteen touchdowns last year or seventeen touchdowns last he year? He had yeah seventeen touchdowns rushing and then the four receiving. So that's yeah. that's your fantasy production right there. I love yeah. it. So this season he's the fourteenth running back. Okay. He's averaging 14.3 fantasy points per game. Only has 219 rushing yards through four games. Yuck. Yeah. I mean, he only had five carries last week, which that's also kind of alarming because you're like, okay, you're playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Todd Gurley got five carries. And I know it was, I know it was, you know, game flow because they were got down so quick, but you got to hope that you're going to get a guy like him more carries. I mean, he had five carries and two of them were touchdowns, <laughs> which, that's, which is good. That's a good percentage. Yeah. It's good for fantasy. I mean, he, he, like I said, he had 10 targets, seven catches for like 54 yards. So yeah. he had 26 fantasy points last week, which you love to see that. But was it a little bit fluky? I don't know. Because, you, yeah, I think. That he was on the field the most of any of his four games this year last week, mm-hmm. so maybe that that's that could be a sign of you could take that as some encouragement for maybe they're feeling a little bit better about where he's at. And I think, like you said, that five number for the the rushing attempts is a direct result of the score of the game and the situations. So I'm not overly annoyed by that because in the previous games he was averaging over 14 carries a game. Right, right. So like and they're, they're letting him run. So you mentioned that he was on the field, you know, the most that game. He was on the field for 76% of the offensive snaps. 24% then went to Malcolm Brown, who, if you remember, after week one, people were kind of like, oh, God, is Malcolm Brown going to be super involved Yeah, in these games? And we talked about it. So Gurley, I think I'm a little bit concerned just because it seems so not what they were doing last year with him so that's what I guess concerns me if I own Todd Gurley but at the same time I'm not freaking out because like I said I trust this offense I trust Sean McVay yeah um, to get the job done so you know Gurley Gurley owners I would definitely sit tight and not like panic yet I think that if we are talking like this maybe four more weeks in and he's Mm -hmm. still kind of getting you know, an odd number of touches, really low yardage, and his fantasy points, you know, are still floating around. Or even if they drop or if they're still floating. I mean, if his fantasy points, if he's at 14 fantasy points per game at the end of the year, I feel like that's still kind of under underachieving. It is underachieving. And I think a lot of this is it's related to his average draft position. There's right. a lot of guys, you're, you're scooping him in the first round. He's a, He was a first round pick. First or so, even early second. I mean, yeah. he's, he's getting picked in the first 15 picks, no doubt. Way early. And you're looking for those players to not only average 14 a game, for sure. But on the flip side, I think as far as fantasy running backs go, you got to take 14, 15 points a game and and not be too upset about it. If, if oh. he stays healthy for the whole season, if he's out there and producing and on the field, then I wouldn't I wouldn't throw my hands up too much about that. Yeah, and that's, I mean, I would agree with that too. If you're getting 14, 15 points a game from a guy for the entire season who's out there every week, 
you can't be too mad about it. I think that just the fact that it's Todd Gurley, like it's who it is that it's bugging people in that aspect. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, moving on kind of to another guy that's definitely struggling a little bit is Jared Goff. Yeah. Um, so he has nine turnovers this year to six touchdowns. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Super mediocre. And they just paid him in the off season, a big chunk of money, but Jared Goff, you know, okay. Like, let's just look through his stats real quick. Um, 186 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. 11.7 fantasy points in week one. We mentioned the Panthers actually having a, a decent pass defense this year. That's his lowest scoring game, which, thank God, it's not single digits. But I guess you just expect a little bit more mm-hmm. um, from a guy like this, you know, especially last year who, like, we kind of like early tore it up. Game two, he went for 283, another touchdown, um, and then a fumble on Sunday night. Had 268, two touchdowns, and then three more turnovers. Uh, so he was just, he was about 17.6 in that game. And then, you know, kind of the outlier, just throwing the ball 68 times. He had 45 completions for, for 517 yards, two touchdowns, and then had four turnovers against Tampa Bay. A mess. Uh, yeah. So he that was a 23.8 fantasy points per game in that one and then you know these are our you know mid in, in my league um our fantasy points which our actually scoring in, system yeah it includes yeah. a 0.1 point per completion for quarterbacks so we like to weight them appropriately for yeah our fantasy perspective right we figured you know so golf i mean not really looking all that great no, definitely not. And I think the uh, Rams might have some sweaty palms about that extension they just slapped on him. Maybe a little bit too uh, soon. It's for him and Gurley. Yeah, definitely. Maybe a little trigger happy there. The good news about Goff struggling, I guess, going back to these receivers, is that you know, you've got all three of them averaging more than 14 fantasy points a game. With golf kind of being with golf with golf golf that's me <laughs> with golf about golf kind of being booty kind of being booty yeah I'd say so so I mean if he picks it up which you know hopefully they do you can only expect you know Woods Cooks and Cup all to uh, definitely benefit from golf picking it up a little bit. Of course, they've got Seattle coming up this week, which, you know, Seattle actually is pretty decent against receivers. Uh, they allow the 10th fewest fantasy points per game to receivers at 31.9 points per game. So the Rams are out here averaging 51 and a half fantasy points per game, all three of these guys. And that's, so that doesn't even include, um, you know, any other receiver that may touch the ball, which don't think any of them do No, maybe uh, one or two to the tight end but that's it yeah but one of these you know one of these averages obviously is going to give a little bit uh, so so tough matchup for Goff at least this week and then the following week they've got the 49ers and then they go to Atlanta and then week eight they're against Cincinnati before their bye week so I'd say Atlanta and Cincy are good games for him to maybe Get some good numbers, maybe get back on track a little bit. Seattle, San Fran, a little bit tougher, but 
no reason that this offense can't you know pick up where they left off any given week yes i i, I think so too and i think we'll talk a little bit about or touch i don't want to say talk about it we'll touch on that a little bit more when we go through the rundown of the games and our picks mm-hmm. but so yeah so that kind of wraps it up just for the Rams. Go ahead and move on into uh, midday's fantasy head, shoulder, nose, and goes. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Mid-day, head and shoulders. It's like it's the hair. It's like a hair. Uh, it's a hair advertisement. But Let's move into our shampoos of the week. <laughs> head and shoulders, nose, and goes. My shampoos of the week coming in at last place is Swab three and one. Just kidding. Um, no. So we'll go. <laughs> We'll talk a little bit more about fantasy, and I'll give you, once again, similar to last week, we'll go through quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs and give you two guys I hate, two guys I love. So we're going to start with the quarterbacks that I like, a.k.a. the QB goes of the week. I think I have to get like five in this episode. (laughs) You did. You only did it once last episode. Um, But yeah, QB go, number one, I have Jameis Winston. Too. <laughs> All right. All right. I'll let you speak now. I'm Jameis Winston is projected 22.3 once again in our shared league scoring system. Is that so fantasy points or crab legs? 22.3. I have a crab legs joke. Oh. <laughs> That's okay. You took it. Did it's I just funny. It? No, you didn't ruin nothing. It's, it's okay. always funny to mention the crab legs. <laughs> but he's projected 22.3 this week. And I know. Uh, I roast Jameis Winston and the Bucks a little bit all the time for being so inconsistent. And now I'm sitting here telling you that he's a starting caliber fantasy quarterback. And I hear you, but yes, I am. Uh, the last two weeks, Jameis has thrown for over 380 yards a game. Seven touchdowns to just two interceptions, which is very un-Jameis-like. Um, on a completion percentage, that's north of 60%. So that, that's some above-average quarterbacking right there. Um, additionally, they have the saints this week who are, okay, I'm going to get this right. The first time the saints are giving up the third most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks this year. How'd I do? Is that good? Yeah. The third most. Yeah. They are bottom three. So yeah. surprising. Yeah. At, uh, almost 27 fantasy points per game. So that's not good. Good matchup this week. And then you saw last week, they just put up 55 on the Rams. Um, you got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin putting up these monster numbers uh, of late. So I got to believe that Mr. Jameis, King Crablegs himself, will keep chugging along this week. So the second quarterback go I have for week five of the NFL season is Carson Wentz. Ooh. Carson Wentz is – you like that one, don't you? Uh, <laughs> Carson Wentz is projected 21.5 this week. Um, the Eagles are coming off that big win against the Packers last Thursday night, which Sam and I did not correctly predict again. No, no. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> uh, that win may have uh, saved the season for the old birds out of Pennsylvania, the Eagles. Um, they're playing the lowly, lowly Jets this week who are coming off a bye, but I don't really think the bye week is going to help the Jets too much other than maybe – Sam Darnold might play this week, but he might be over the mononucleosis. I think it depends on how inflamed his spleen is. Yeah, because that's the key with mono. I'm I'm a mono expert, and how not yellow he is. Yeah, apparently that doesn't happen to everybody. I just got the worst case. 
scenario. <laughs> Lucky me. You were young. Um, <laughs> stop. <laughs> Everybody loves Homer Simpson. Do they? I don't. I don't. Okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, no concern for the, the Jets slowing down the Eagles offense this week. And obviously they go as Carson Wentz goes. He'll keep whipping it around the yard to Zacherts, Alshon Jeffrey. And I think maybe Deshaun Jackson might return this week. Hopefully not Mac Hollins. Not Mac Hollins, who was a big candidate for the who the hell player of the week. Oh, we got to pick one of those. More on that later for sure. But moving right along into the QB nose of the week, I have Philip Rivers, who I didn't love putting on this list because I am a Philip Rivers fan. Shout out to Catholicism. But uh, he's projected 19.6 this week. And I just don't love the fantasy matchup from this, uh, from the fantasy standpoint against Denver this week. And the Broncos have been very bad this year. I know. And Bradley Chubb, uh, sideline for the season, definitely not going to help their pass rush. But the defense did hold Aaron Rodgers to uh, a pretty pedestrian fantasy day earlier this season. So I think they're just they're so bad against the run this year that that's where the Chargers are probably going to do their damage with Eckler being so good so far this year. And then Melvin Gordon coming back this week. So I think most of their their stuff will be on the ground and they just won't have to pass the ball enough. So I would probably uh, stay away from Philip Rivers from a fantasy quarterback standpoint. Interesting. We'll move into the second quarterback. No, Um, this one isn't going to shock too many people, but it's Kirk Cousins. Uh, Who the hell? No. no he, <laughs> he was kind of good. He uh, sucks. Somehow a little. Yeah, he okay. You're right. <laughs> but uh, Kirk is projected 15.6 this week. Too high. Which, Take the under. Which, it's, it's probably not going to be the. Now, I'm going to say this might be the last time I talk about Kirk Cousins this season because he's just been so terrible. Um, and, and it's you so odd. So, you were so high on him, too. I mean, it even out of feeling. Hates so his high. quarterback now. Well, that's true. More on that later. But um, it's just so obvious now at this point that you shouldn't be considering Kirk Cousins as a starter in your fantasy season. Um, I don't even care that this is technically a good matchup with the Giants, with their their subpar secondary that they're rolling out there. Um, but don't start Cousins. Uh, I mean, unless you're from West Virginia or Alabama, because we know how much you're into Cousins. <laughs> Was that on the spot? That was on the spot. What do you mean on the spot? Everything's on the spot. (laughs) I don't write my jokes beforehand. (laughs) Okay, moving on. Keeping it going with the running back goes of the week. Number one for my running back go is Le'Veon Bell, who, yeah, we know he's a pretty good running back, but I'm going to talk about him for a little bit because he deserves it. Uh, He's projected 18.6 this week, going up against the Eagles, as I previously mentioned. Um, the Jets again are coming off that bye week, so Le'Veon should be pretty well rested and re-energized. Um, the story with Le'Veon on this team is the same as it was when he was on the Steelers. It's the volume. Uh, not only does he get a ton of carries, but he gets plenty of targets in that passing game. Uh, Le'Veon ranks second in the league in average targets per game at the running back position at 7.7. So that's that tells you enough. He's 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 all they have. 
He also ranks second in snap count per game this season for running backs as well. So he's out there and he's going to keep getting used. So definitely feel good about starting Le'Veon this week. Yeah, very high snap count. <laughs> we love it. Um, number two for the running back goes of week five is Derrick Henry. Who is he said love? I did. He's actually on my good list this week. Oh, uh, yeah. Putting, putting my bias aside, and I'm going to talk about him positively for a second. Okay. Here. Okay, we'll get it over. It. Uh, Derek Henry is projected 15.1 this week. Uh, the Titans are headed to play the Bills, um, who is a team who's giving up the 13th most points to opposing running backs, which is a little surprising because they do have a pretty good defense elsewise. Not sure if that's a word, but we're rolling with it. We're making um, words up today. Well, that's what we do. We're at thesaurus. On the decasode. The decasode of Shoot the Shot, a.k.a. the thesaurus episode. <laughs> um, but obviously, Derrick Henry, the same thing. Uh, he remains the go-to guy in that backfield for the Titans. He ranks seventh in the league in touches and is on the field over 60% of the time. Um, so apparently he's well removed from that disappointing start to last season when he completely ruined my trust for him. But I'm going to say drop a start on Derrick Henry this week. So moving right quick into the running back nose, we have someone who's a good player, but uh, he's on the no list for various reasons, is Melvin Gordon, who is projected to play this week, has ended his holdout, the dumbest holdout in NFL history. Yeah, and he's projected, I think, generously at twelve point five. Um, obviously, it's a tricky one because he's he's probably a top five back if he would have started the season week one. Oh, but look at I, Austin Eckler! See Austin Eckler! See Austin Eckler for sure. Um, I just think this week he's got to be a no because we don't know what kind of shape he's in. We don't know how integrated into the offense and the play calling he's going to be, um, especially with Eckler, like you mentioned. Uh, holding down the fort more than holding down the fort so well in his absence. Um, so he still deserved his fair share of the snap count and the touches. So I, I got to recommend not starting Melvin Gordon just yet, but, but hold on to it and keep an eye out for him. Um, next running back. No, I have <laughs> hurts my soul, but it's going to be Josh Jacobs this week. Who's projected at 11.9 fantasy points this week. And this is my obligatory talking about Josh Jacobs section of the show, so we know you're all sticking around for that. Um, but this time he's on the flip side of the argument, as he was last time I talked about him, he was on the go list. Uh, but now he's on the nose strictly because they're going against the Chicago Bears defense, who has been really, really good this year against the run and the pass and just in general. Um, and Jacobs not really being part of that Raider passing game yet. I just... you. If you can, you got to leave him on the bench this week, even though, spoiler alert, I'm probably going to end up starting him because I love him so much. Yeah, you will. You I will. don't have I don't have to listen to my own advice. You no. Will. Yeah. The <laughs> subscribers do. <laughs> the subs. Shout out to the subs. Um, but real quick, we will run through the wide receiver position now. Uh, the first wide receiver go of the week is Julio Jones who, not really a shocker here, another one of those guys who you're starting every single week no matter what, but he's projected 18.7 this week, and they're slated against the less-than-stellar Texans defense, who sit right now as the seventh-worst defense against opposing fantasy wide receivers. 
Um, like I said, obviously anyone who's listening who plays fantasy football knows that Julio is a monster and I must start every week, but I kind of wanted to bring him up a little bit real quick for you, Sam, because earlier this week you made the comment that you think Julio might be the best, like pure wide receiver of all time. Yes. Go I ahead stand talk by that sec. Yeah. I just think that his skill set is unmatched. I mean, the dude runs a, a four, three, five. Yep. Or a four three nine. I apologize. Four three nine forty, and that was. I'm pretty sure that was combine. So I'm sure that's faster now that he's been in the league. Um, and the only you know one maybe two people that I say you could make a case for being better than him or just as good is definitely Megatron, uh, Calvin Johnson, and then Randy Moss. Just because, yeah, all three of them are up over six three, six four. And their ability to just get the ball, you know, in a 10 foot, 12 foot radius is just absurd. So, Incredible. yeah, those are my three probably best receivers of all time as far as just pure skill, pure skill. Yeah, obviously not statistically or anything like yeah. that. I'm not trying to take anything from from um, Jerry, Jerry Rice. Yeah. Yeah. But he did kind of cheat a little bit with the uh, the stick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We won't. We th- won't get into that. <laughs> I think that. Yeah, I think that uh, the gloves nowadays kind of make it even now. The gloves are super good, <laughs> and that's why I'm not always impressed with um some one-handed catches. Yeah. Because I could do it too. Those gloves are incredible. They're yeah, they're cheap. Like like Odell's catch. I think you did that. I I do that regularly at recess in eighth grade without gloves. So, not really too impressed. But I love Odell because he's on my team now. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we will shift back into the fantasy talk, and I will give you my second wide receiver go for week five. Is Tyler Lockett. Uh, Yeah, this is kind of a new one. I like Tyler Lockett. Yeah, Tyler Lockett's projected 15.4 this week. Um, The Seahawks get the Rams on the Thursday night game. The Rams are notorious for getting into shootout-type games. If you want to take a peek back at that week four final score against the Buccaneers. Um that's why I kind of like Tyler Lockett this week because he is the number one receiver for Russell Wilson, who a good quarterback and stud. yeah, definite stud and just he's he's the leader of that uh, Seahawks aerial attack and he already has two double digit reception games this year of the four weeks so I I'm feeling a week similar to those two tonight okay. on Thursday night football. So we're running through real quick through the less exciting wide receiver nose because that's sad. And we don't like to be sad. We like to be happy here on Shoot the Shot. <laughs> so number one for the wide receiver no is Adam Thielen, who's projected 13.6. And if you want to know why Adam Thielen is on the no list, just rewind back about four minutes when I told you how bad Kirk Cousins has been this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I guess for what it's worth, if you want me to make you feel better, if you have to start Thielen – uh, he is pro- he's still the number one guy for that Vikings offense uh, through the air, even though it just it's been non-existent this season from Mr. Cousins. But uh, yeah, Thielen doesn't have more than five catches in a game yet. Zero 100-yard receiving days, and I mean, his the only thing saving him this season is he's he's found the end zone a few times, but um, other than that, he just hasn't been starting caliber this year. Mm. Uh, number two for the wide receiver, no, is Juju Smith-Schuster, the Fortnite king himself. Um, he's projected 12.3 this week. 
and they get the Ravens. The Steelers get the Ravens this week. And I feel like it looks like ESPN is kind of on the same wavelength with me with their projection because I get the sense that the Ravens will probably treat Juju the same way they did Odell last week with the Browns game. And you kind of see how well that worked in shutting down that number one receiver for us. So I think Juju gets more of the same. And he was honestly nowhere to be found last Monday night against the Bengals in a game that they they routed him. And he had just 15 yards receiving on those three catches. Three catches for three 15. Catches for, again, a first or second round pick you probably spent on Juju. So Yeah, I, I mean, most teams he's probably your wide receiver one. Like yeah. You drafted him to be. So very yep. disappointing year. Super. Who's uh, having a more disappointing year, Juju or Thielen? Uh, I'm saying Juju. Yeah. I think Thielen has scored a few touchdowns, so like he's kind of he's trying to hold it, hold it, his head above water. But maybe I just don't like the Steelers, so I'm saying Juju's worse. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, um, I think eventually Mason Rudolph and him will get a little bit better chemistry because that is still new. But I'm, I, I mean, you can't just suck for the whole season, right? Yeah, like, it's as it's a such a long year, such a long year. Um, but I just. Obviously, don't think this is the week that they 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 click. Mm-hmm. We're calling this the injury bug, 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 bug. injury bug. <laughs> so, just some injuries that occurred last week, guys that are questionable coming into this Sunday, and then some of their replacements that you might want to keep an eye on on the waivers. So, we're going to start with Marlon Mack, who is questionable this Sunday with an ankle injury. Um, not sure if he's going to play at all. Um, But if he doesn't, the backups you want to be looking at are Jordan Wilkins, who has had a decent year. He's got 12 carries for 97 yards, uh, no touchdowns, but that 8.1 yards per carry looks pretty nice. And then um, Naheem Hines is kind of their third down back already. Um, Basically the, the receiving back in Indy right now, but he only has one carry less than um, Wilkins on the year, but that is only going for 2.8 yards per carry. So not much of a um, carry the tote kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the Another person we've got questionable for Sunday is Jarvis Landry, the Browns own, um, <gasps> who had a great, a great day on Sunday against the Ravens going eight for 167. Um He's in concussion protocol, and I think that it's definitely good that the Browns play on Monday night, given that extra day to be able to clear concussion protocol. But got to keep an eye on it. Um, and if you're looking for someone um, that might be his replacement, the Browns are actually getting back Antonio Callaway this week from his four-game suspension. Uh, so that's definitely someone um, you know, worth keeping an eye on. I definitely wouldn't just throw him into a starting role uh, or anything like that. Um, and then Devonte Adams is actually expected not to play this week. He's still listed as questionable, but I know on all fantasy, at least ESPN formats, he is projected zero points, which definitely opens up the field for Marquez Valdez Scantling. And then Geronimo Allison. So two guys that I would honestly think about starting if Devontae Adams isn't isn't playing just because of the fact that, uh, you know, the quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. So good things to come um, if you're a receiver 
for the Packers with no Devontae Adams. Um, another couple of running backs, and then we'll finish up here. James Conner is out. Um, not out. He's questionable with an ankle injury um, that he sustained on Monday night football against the Bengals. His backup is Jalen Samuels, who honestly has some fantasy relevance um, to be picked up, even if Connor's playing. Con- uh, Samuels had 10 carries for 26 yards and a touchdown, and the Steelers actually implemented a lot of um, wildcat in their offense on Monday, where Samuels was the the quote-unquote quarterback. So, I mean, if you have a deeper league, maybe he's worth a start. Um, but maybe in 10, 12-man leagues, definitely worth a pickup and maybe stashing him on the bench just to see uh, what happens. And then the, lastly, kind of some good news in Chiefs practice today. Damian Williams was back at full go. Yay. And uh, LaShawn McCoy was actually limited with an ankle injury. So kind of a swap there. Um, for the Chiefs' backfield, but Damian Williams was a full go at practice, so it's looking like he's going to be playing on Sunday. So let's go ahead and move on into our pick this week, and just a quick little recap um, oh, of God. the season records. Sorry, Midday. Um, <laughs> I am pulling away a little bit, going uh, 30 for 16 so far on the season. Again, that's only um, started on week two. So I'm at a uh, 65% win percentage. And Midday, Midday, you got to make some good picks this week if you don't want to drop below 500. I, it's, it's a long season. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Okay. Midday is 23 and 23 for oh, an even 500 win percentage. Hey, so, we're Eli Manning right now. Yes. So you are... You know, you're getting to the Hall of Fame, but it's like, do you deserve it? We don't really know. <laughs> no. <laughs> so the buys this week are the Detroit Lions, who are 2-1-1. One, and one, And thank God the Dolphins get a win this week <laughs> with the bye week. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Had to put the Dolphins, the Dolphins in there. Oh, big roast. Yeah. So Thursday night, uh, we've got the Rams – and the Seahawks game is in Seattle. Seahawks are favored by a point and a half. Looking pretty close. Midday, what's your pick? Um, Seahawks Rams. Tough one to pick for me because I think the line is super close. Uh, the Rams coming off that weird bad loss to Tampa Bay. Seattle had an easy win over Arizona. I'm saying the Rams bounce back and take the Thursday night game. I'm picking the Rams. All right. Well, I'm going with the law of averages and i'm gonna go ahead and pick the seahawks because somebody's got to get this game right this week (laughs) i love that uh angle of attack (laughs) somebody's got to get this game right this week so i'm gonna go with the seahawks at home with this one awesome awesome so moving on to the sunday slate the sunday 1 p.m slate we have the arizona cardinals who Go into Cincinnati and play the Bengals. The Cardinals are sitting at 0-3-1. I wouldn't be scared going into Cincinnati. (laughs) Come on now. I'd be afraid of the jungle. Why are the Bengals favored? So, yeah, the Bengals are also (laughs) in four. Are favored by four and a half. I'm not good at. I'm not really. You know, this isn't a betting podcast, but I would take that. I would take no gambling. But oh my goodness. So both of these teams are bad. Um, 
I'm just going to pick the home team because that's how I'm going to decipher this. Oh, and, my God. Yeah. Go ahead. What, what are you you're going to pick the Cardinals? I'm picking the Cardinals. I'm not Good. picking Cincinnati ever again. <laughs> I'm going to pick the Dolphins over Cincinnati when they play this year, I think. Stop it. <laughs> oh, I'm so serious. I think, I think for what it's worth that Kyler Murray is probably going to have a nice fantasy day. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. We'll see. Um, so the next game we've got is the one and three Atlanta Falcons going into Houston to take on the two and two Texans. Houston is favored by five in this one. Uh, I think that the Falcons are just disappointing. Correct. Um, too much offensive power to be being, to be this bad. I mean, come on, you got destroyed by the Titans at home. I'm talking about the Falcons, everybody, not the Browns. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I'm going to take Houston and Houston in this one. Yep. Uh, what do you think? Um, yeah, I'm going to agree. I'm taking Houston. The Falcons just looked terrible last week against Tennessee. And yeah, I'm going with, with the Texans at home here. An AFC North matchup. Baltimore with back-to-back AFC North divisional games. So Baltimore at 2-2 two and two is going into Pittsburgh, who are now 1-3 and three after that win on Monday night. Um, they're coming off that first win the Steelers are, and they were running some weird kind of wild caddy offense. So that was kind of new for them. Um, and obviously Baltimore lost to the Browns, but I think they're still good. And I'm going to take the Ravens here. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and double you up on that one. I'm taking the Ravens Steelers really didn't prove anything to me by beating the Bengals. So until they can do that. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Ravens here as well. Uh, Moving into the next game of the week, still a one o'clock game. We've got the Buffalo Bills three and one coming off a close game against the Patriots, which I thought that they had a good shot to win, you know, minus a special teams touchdown by the Pats. The, the bills played pretty well, Mm -hmm. Um, probably will be without their starting quarterback though, because you know, the Patriots like to cheat. Um but they're going into Tennessee. Um, Tennessee is two and two after that win against Atlanta last week. Tennessee is also favored by two and a half. This one's a tough one for me, Midday. Um, yeah. You know, I think that I think that Buffalo has, you know, a really solid defense, and Tennessee is kind of kind of a hit or miss. I mean, they played really well. Their two wins are on the road blowing the home team out. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think I'm going to go with, I think I'm going to go with the bills here. Um, mm. I think that they're kind of angry about the Josh Allen thing. Um, you know, I don't, I think that they're getting Singletary back. They're running back. Yes, I think so too. So I don't know how well, or I don't know how high scoring this game will be. Uh, but I think I'm going to go with the Bills here. Yeah. Uh, I'm also going to go with the Bills because of kind of more of what you said. Uh, Buffalo played New England tough last week. And Tennessee Tennessee did handle the Falcons pretty well. But I just still can't trust Marcus Mariota to string together wins. And I just think Buffalo's defense prevails this week. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. So the next game. Next game is kind of fun. We have the... Chicago Bears going to play Oakland across the pond in London. 
the London game. So Some tea and crumpets. We've got the Chicago Bears favoured by four and a half points. I think uh, you it's know, not nine and three quarters. Nine and three quarters. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Harry Potter. All right. So I'm just going to do the whole uh, read here with this accent. Uh, you know, London games, they're always weird. Uh, make sure you remember to set your lineups because that game's probably going to start at around 9.30 Eastern time in um, uh, America. Uh, the Bears defense looked dominant last week against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Chase Daniel is, I believe, getting the start, uh, which is a who-the-hell candidate of the week. Um, so that makes me think a little bit harder about this game. But I think the Bears still come out on top because that defense is so good and Khalil Mack is going to be angry playing against his former team. A good day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I'm going to take the Bears um, in this one as well. I didn't know what to say or how to say it in, you know, yeah. British. Yeah. Sure. So I just screamed good day. But I'm going to take the Bears here. Um, I think that Khalil Mack might have six or seven sacks in this one. Not really, but it's going to be interesting to see how he competes against his former team. Mm -hmm. So our next game is a battle of two 500 folk. Uh, We got the Gunner Minshew-led Jacksonville Jaguars coming off a big game from Leonard Fournette, actually having 225 yards on the ground going to Carolina to take on the Panthers who have been playing very well behind the arm of Kyle Allen, actually, mm-hmm. who the is actual arm, who is, I believe two and O as a starter. Wow. So kind of impressive. I mean, yeah, does Cam right. Newton come back and take that starting spot back? Uh, Yes. <laughs> yes. What if he comes back and they lose two straight? Oh man, it really depends on when he comes back. I think and what their record is. I like but Cam Newton, but he's not. He's not good anymore. His arm. Something's going on with that arm. Yeah, so it's a mess. We just don't know. It's a mess. It's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of voices this week. It's yeah, fun. I love it. Um, I'm gonna take Jackson, but I think Gunnar Minshew is the real deal. Um, solid quarterbacking. Since he's since he's took it taken over took it over, since he has taken over for Nick Foles, so I'm going to go ahead and go with the Jaguars here. Yeah, I actually agree with you here, and I'm going to take the Jags. Uh, Gardner Minshew and Fournette. Just did I say Gunner Minshew? You said Gunner. You said Gunner uh, last week, and I let it go. But this week, I'm going to correct it, and we're going to say Gardner. Dude, Gunner's more of a real name than Gardner. <laughs> right. You gotta you gotta pick the <laughs> the, the worst option. But oh, yeah, God, I feel so Gardner. bad now. It's okay. It's okay. You're doing amazing, sweetie. I just threw up. Um, but yeah, I'm picking uh, Jacksonville. Gardner Minshew's completion rating is 69.420%. And that's, I don't know what, what to say. <laughs> yeah, so the next game, we'll move right along. We got the Minnesota Vikings going into New York. Or New Jersey, wherever the hell that stadium is. The and Meadowlands. The Meadowlands. And the New York Giants, who are 2-2 two and two on the shoulders of Daniel Jones. Um, the Vikings apparently cannot score the football if Dalvin Cook isn't going to do it. And I just, 
think maybe New York is kind of a good defense to uh, right the ship as far as the passing game goes. And I think Daniel Jones is still a fraud, and I'm maintaining that for at least a few more weeks. I'm taking the Vikings by a touchdown. Okay. Okay. I'm going to double down again on that one. Um, I think that Minnesota will be able to run the ball on the Giants, so that's going to be the difference in the game. Passing doesn't matter because they can't do it. So mm-hmm. I think that they're going to be able to run the ball with Dalvin in this one, and I think it'll end up a Minnesota victory in the Meadowlands. Love it. Uh, moving on to an interesting matchup. We've got the New England Patriots taking on the Washington Redskins. 4-0 versus 0-4. Pats are favored by 15 and a half. Is there going to be a game this year? They they in the regular season, I should say, that they are not favored by double digits. Yep, the Browns game. You think that that'll be less than double digits? I do. I think it'll be like seven and a half, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's in maybe. it's in New England, so you might you might be right. Maybe eight and a half. Yeah. So we'll take our we'll take our free wins in this one and go ahead and each of us pick the the Patriots. Yep. yep. Um, unless you were thinking about doing something real wild. No, I'm not. I'm not sure because actually in practice this week, they asked Jay Gruden and he has no clue what they're doing at quarterback. So it's already uh, oh, late enough please, in the week. Please do not play Dwayne Haskins. Save that young man's soul. Oh my gosh. Three picks. <laughs> nice debut. Anyway. Yeah. Both picking the Patriots. No mysteries there. Uh, the next game, we have the New York football Jets. At 0 and 3, going into Philly to play the Eagles, who are 2 and 2. Um, like we already talked about it, Philly coming off that nice victory last Thursday over the Packers. Um, Philly's a 14 point favorite, so I think that tells the story here. Uh, maybe Captain Mono might play, and that would make it a little bit closer, but I don't think it matters. And I'm picking the Eagles. Yep, I um, I'm gonna agree with this one. I'm picking the Eagles as well. Philly's a 14 point favorite. Yep. If I'm a betting man, pick the Jets to cover in this one. Wow. Just if if Sam Darnold plays, I think that that changes their whole offense. So makes them a little more competitive. I think that I would take the Jets to cover. But we're not picking anything for the cover. We're picking the winners, and I'm going to take the Eagles. Love it. Next game, we've got the high-flying Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming off that hot win against the Rams, who – the Rams are the only team to hand the Saints their loss. They are three and one. So we got Tampa Bay coming into New Orleans. New Orleans is only a four and a half point favorite, which is kind of incredible to me because it's the Bucks. Yep. Um, but I think I'm going to go with New Orleans, and I think that they have been nothing but impressive since Drew Brees got hurt. Yes, I agree. We uh couple pods ago talked about how we said those first two games with teddy were going to be losses and they won them both so what do we know but yeah i am going to agree with you and i'm picking the saints because i'm not picking against them when they play in the superdome anymore no so next game coming up we have denver who is still winless at zero and four going oh my god are you okay yeah i'm just like Denver is so disappointing, and I'm sorry, but continue. No, you're good. Denver is really disappointing because I think we took the over on their wins. John Elway can't figure out how to get a quarterback to no, save his life. No, he might lose his job. I hope he uh, does. But anyway, Denver, the Broncos are playing the Chargers, who are 2-2. Two and two. 
Chargers are six and a half point favorite. Um, this comes down to Denver being bad, and they can't score with Joe Flacco playing quarterback for them. And Chargers coming off a bye. I mean, the Dolphins. So the Chargers by two scores here is my pick. Chargers by two scores. Wow. Uh, I'm also going to take the Chargers. I don't see Denver turning it around anytime soon. Um, so I'm going to take the LAC in this one. And so the last the last evening game of, of Sunday afternoon, we've got the Green Bay Packers at 3-1 and one going into Dallas. Uh, Dallas is also 3-1, and one, suffering their first loss to the Saints last week in New Orleans. Um, I think the deciding factor for me in this game is going to be if Devontae Adams plays. And yeah. right now, Devontae Adams is not playing, so I'm going to go ahead and pick the Cowboys in this one. Um, it's going to be close, but I'm I'm going to go with the boys here. Yeah, I'm going to agree, and I'm going to pick Dallas. And for me, it came down to the same thing as you said, that no Devontae Adams, I think, slows up Green Bay a little bit. And just enough for the Cowboys to sneak past him. I do think I'm a little bit sad that he's not going to be able to play because this was going to be probably the game of the week. Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah. Would have been a fun one. Definitely. Um, so the last game on Sunday, the Sunday night game is the Indianapolis Colts heading to Kansas city to play the chiefs and Indianapolis comes in at two and two Kansas city, obviously one of the last undefeateds at four and Oh, uh, Chiefs are ten and a half point favorites, and just a pro tip: probably don't pick against the Chiefs, and you're probably gonna you're gonna win most of the picks. So I'm gonna pick the Chiefs. I think their offense is just too much. I am also gonna pick the Chiefs, but I think ten and a half is quite a bit of points to be putting on the Colts. It's a lot. Um, I mean, Indy's tough and. They like to compete. I think that definitely, you know, makes a difference if Marlon Mack and T.Y. Hilton are both playing this week because T.Y. was out last week. So if they're both out, I see where that ten and a half is. But yeah, um, I think that you know I'm picking the Chiefs to win this one as well. And then Monday night for the third time, or well, I guess it's the second time in four weeks. Third time on prime time in four weeks, the Brownies are heading to San Francisco to take on one of the remaining undefeated teams, the San Francisco 49ers, who are favored by three and a half. Get that out of here. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to take the Brownies, obviously, in this one. Um, The offense found its groove last week against the Ravens. San Francisco does have a a tough defense, and I think that their offense... Um, you know, is done real well this year. They are running the ball uh, like 56, 57% of the time. And the Browns have done a pretty good job against the run this year. Yes. Yes, we so have. I like, I like that matchup. I think that's, that's going to help us a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I had to think real hard about this game and uh, I'm going to come in with my score prediction. I got the Browns by a hundred. Oh, Subtle. <laughs> Subtle. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, not going to pick against the Browns. I think the 49ers aren't as good as people think they are right now. Uh, I think they, they 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 need to pick a running back. They have four of them, for gosh sake. And is Tevin Coleman coming back soon? He is coming back. That, oh, my. 
Yeah, so that's even one more person to add to the mix. And <laughs> yeah, I just I just think the Browns I think Odell has a big week, especially without Jarvis potentially, as he's still in that concussion protocol. So he's gonna be force fed the ball in the passing mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. And then Nick Chubb is just looking like a top five running back this season. So Yeah, I think that you know, like you kind of said, the 49ers, um, well, I don't know if you mentioned their schedule, but, you know, Buccaneers, Bengals, and Steelers, I think that the Buccaneers, they beat, you know, kind of before they're hitting this little burst, they kind of had to figure out Bruce Arians' offensive schemes a little bit in-game. And then the Bengals and the Steelers, I mean, we watched that Monday night game, and it was yeah, it's pitiful. So Easy, easy wins so far. Yeah. And I mean, they only beat the Steelers by four. Was so that the I game think, Ben got hurt, or was that the game that Rudolph started? Um, I think it might have been his first start. I think it might have been his first start as well. Which, I mean, coming in for your first start, going only losing by four, I guess not too bad. But yeah. I just I think that they those were not fluky wins because like they they did what they were supposed to do. But I mean, I definitely don't think that. They are as good as maybe advertised. I mean, some people are putting them in their top 10 teams already, and I'm just like, mm, I don't know about that. Yeah. That wraps up our pickums for this week. Hopefully, midday stays above 500. Yeesh. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but we will see how we were doing next week when we come back for pickums for week, uh, week number six. Oh, week wow. We are six already in already. Week six almost. Crazy. So, Let's finish up this this episode, the decisode, with our top five. Top five. So our top five today is a very interesting one. So <laughs> October third is National Kevin Day. Woo! So we are going to do our top five Kevins and real let's go groundbreaking. Ahead, take stuff. it from number five, midday. Who is our first? Our first top five Kevin. So. Number five on the all-time Kevin list was a very difficult one for me to narrow down. But I finally settled on Kevin the Wonder Pickle from SpongeBob. I don't even know. Is this the dude that's got the crown on his head that's actually part of his head? Yeah, exactly that character from one of the gotta be original first three, four, five seasons of SpongeBob. Real childhood moment. Uh, hi, Kevin and all. Um, hi, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. <laughs> um, yeah, didn't think I'd break out a SpongeBob impression today, but it's here. Tell us about number four. All right, so number four, another cartoon character. This one, a little different. Um, not a talker. <laughs> <laughs> it is Kevin. The bird, the big ass bird from Up. <laughs> Kevin is a 13 foot bird. Fun fact about Kevin the bird from Up he's a she. <laughs> Kevin from Up is actually a female, which yeah. caught me off guard when I was researching my top five Kevins. Kevin's the mother. Um, but yeah, that that's going to uh, do What it kind of for bird is four. it? A snark? It's. A snipe. Um, snipe, yeah, it's the the snipe, but yep. she just does that super obnoxious like scream. Yeah, that... I'm not gonna do it. No, I couldn't do it either. 
No. But yeah, let's move on to number three. Yeah, number three, getting a little bit more uh, serious on the Kevin list here. Uh, number three, I went with Kevin Costner, the first actual human being on the list. Uh, Kevin Costner, just because he's he's one of the best sports movies actors of all time. Mm. He's in movies like Field of Dreams, For the Love of the Game, Draft Day, Tin Draft. Cup. Draft and- Day. A Wiggins. Draft Day. Oh, Johnny Manziel. Yikes. But yeah, I mean, Kevin Costner, he also plays Superman's dad in Man of Steel. So what what more can mm-hmm. you say? Got to be a top three, Kevin. Yeah, definitely a top three, Kevin. Moving into the number two, Kevin, we already spoke about this, Kevin, in one of our uh, previous top fives. But it's the one and only Kevin Malone, who <laughs> may or may not know that he has a job as an accountant at Dunder Mifflin Scranton branch. Uh, Kevin is also a drummer um, for the band Kevin and the Zits, former Scrantonicity drummer, and then also former Scrantonicity 2 uh, drummer. Kevin also spent time as a temp- temporary receptionist at Dunder Mifflin Scranton branch <laughs> when Pam decided to join the Michael Scott paper company. Um, yeah, Kevin, great guy. Not. Yeah. Not good with the words, but a good guy. Or the numbers, actually, either. <laughs> He's not really good with a lot. Do you, do you he exists, you, he exists you, right now with um, – what, what's Michael say? He said, what about no arms or legs? That's basically how you exist now, Kevin. You don't do anything. <laughs> do you remember the episode where uh, Holly first gets introduced and uh, Dwight tells oh, Kevin like mentally handicapped? Oh, that's yeah. funny. She goes, you can drive? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's okay. right. Good job, Kevin. I'm proud of you. And he goes, okay. And then he goes, and then, and then the, the camera cuts to him and he goes, I'm so going to bang Holly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. gosh. I love that show. So all right. Much. All right. Kevin, number one. Okay. I'll that. wrap it up. Kevin, number one obligatory Cleveland Cavaliers fans here. We went with Kevin Love. Uh, integral piece, uh, owner of the stop on Steph Curry in the Cavs 2016 title run. Uh, he went from fat to absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. Uh, GQ model. <laughs> had the best summer of all time this summer. Went all over the place. He was hitting golf balls on a glacier. I don't know what that is. Hopefully he tried some basketball stuff too. Hopefully he worked out in basketball. <laughs> Didn't see a lot of those videos. We'll give him a break. Yeah. Uh, some waiters... We're not supposed to be good. <laughs> True. We're going to trade him. But some waitress at a, at a local Denny's once compared me and said I looked like Kevin Love. So he's got to be number one for me. That's your claim to fame. That is my claim to fame. Used to be in my Twitter <laughs> bio. But Nice. We've graduated. All right. So that wraps up our Kevins, and that also wraps up our Decasode. Decasode. Special, the special edition Decasode, 10th episode of Shoot the Shot podcast with Midday and Pusa Terry. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Uh, go Brownies on Monday night. Yes, yes, yes. Looking forward to it. Also, go Bucks on Saturday night facing Michigan State. I know Midday doesn't give a crap about college football, but. Oh, big matchup. It's a big, yeah, it's a big game. So go Bucks, go Brownies, and we will see you all next Tuesday.
Thank you.